Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply being awkward <laughs> well sometimes we're awkward maybe all right now that we got that out of the way let's start by introducing you to tonight's three panelists please welcome from our partners at dkpittsburghsports.com it's dan kovacevic alvi i've got championship talent next to me on this program can we talk about championship tonight can we do that like a real live stanley cup championship yeah, you're right about that straight from the penguins radio broadcast uh, yeah, it's unbelievable he's here. Two-time <laughs> Stanley Cup champion, our buddy, the old 2-9er, Phil Bork. Hi, Phil. What am I doing here? I'm so unprepared. I have no idea what I'm doing here. You guys want to talk about football. You want to talk about baseball. I want to talk about some <laughs> hockey first. Look at this first. camera. Start by looking at this camera. All right. Okay, this camera right here. That's I told you. Go. I'm the new guy. I'm the greenhorn, okay? You got to round off the rough edges a little bit. We'll get to it. Oh, there's no rough edges. We love having you here. Also with us tonight, former Pitt Panther, also a former general manager of the Buffalo Bills. It's Doug Whaley. Hi, Doug. Hey, Albie and 2-9. I'm just going to tell you, I'm even going to bring up NBA. Any <laughs> thought go. of the demise of LeBron James is premature, especially after he dropped 56 on the Golden State Warriors last night. Doug, Dan, and the old 2-9. What a crew. Thanks for being here, one and all. Some of the topics we're talking about tonight, we're looking for five words on the Penguins' performance in the back-to-back -back games versus Tampa and Carolina. How would you assess Kenny Pickett's performance at the NFL Combine? You're allowed to use the word hands. Uh, <laughs> why do you or don't you want to see Aaron Rodgers in a Steelers uniform next season? And the lockout in Major League Baseball, what's your realistic expectation for the outcome? Plus, of course, your final word. But the big topic is first, and that is the Penguins. Is there anything getting in the way of the Penguins being a true Stanley Cup contender. Dan, you're first. Well, I'm tempted to say, especially after the kind of trip that they just had, Albie, that it's a, it's a contending team on its face. However, these secondary guys need to score. And that's what Mike Sullivan's waiting for right now. Uh, he and I spoke about this in, in Raleigh over the weekend. He believes in them. He believes in Evan Rodriguez. He believes in Kasperi Kapanen. He believes in Danton Heinen. But you need to get goals out of them at some point along the way, or else that forces Ron Hextall and Brian Burke to go to the outside. They don't want to, Albie. They like what they have. They like the composition. Got to score. Borky, what do you think? My experience is either a player or now as an analyst, there's three ingredients to win the Stanley Cup. Number one, incredible goaltending off the charts. Check. Check. Star power <laughs> off the charts. Check. <laughs> Number three, you need third and fourth line guys 
that will exceed your expectations when it comes to making big plays and scoring big goals. Has me a little bit concerned on that, on that third point right there because I, I know the analytics say one thing to the head coach and to the general manager, but I, I know something about ialytics, and it's, it's something in the ialytics is telling me something's not right. It's been too long, and this touches on your point a little bit, Dayon, that the secondary scoring, I love that they, they block shots. They kill penalties. They create energy. That's all great in the regular season, but when you need that secondary scoring and you need it in the playoffs, Big goal. Big you don't want to have yep. any regrets. That's one thing that's kind of staring me in the face. All right, Doug. For me, from a general manager standpoint, it's all about injuries. You have to stay healthy, especially when you talk about the second season called the NHL playoffs. It's a war of attrition. And we all can go back to the beginning of the season when they weren't healthy and what type of product they mm -hmm. put out there. So health is the key. Now, if you want to drill it down even more minutely, look at the goalie. Can DeSmith really put the pins on the, his back and take him to the promised land? That's fair. That's well, fair. Fair thing to bring up, too. He's been better, but... I don't know that I, I could see him, you know, if, if Tristan Jari were to go down halfway through the first round, you'd say, all right, well, that's fine. Casey DeSmith's got us. Yeah. Right. All so, right, guys, thank you. A reminder, keep the comments coming. You can find us on Twitter at WPXI Final Word, on Facebook at The Final Word. Now it's time for five words. We're looking for five words on the Penguins' performance in the back-to-back -back games, Tampa and Carolina. Let's go to social media first. From Twitter, they got three important points. Another one from Twitter. Carolina game ruined by refs, and one more could not ask for more. I guess that's all fair. Now Dale, Phil, and uh, Doug, five words. The Pens' performance in those back-to-back -back games. Dayan, what are your five words? Should have been four points. Those aren't mine. Those are, that's what Marcus Patterson told me after the Carolina game. Uh, we can talk about John A. Barron, his rotten call, and Chris Letang and his lack of discipline. But at the same time, it was the Penguins, as a collective, that had a two-goal lead that night that really took it to the Hurricanes in the first period. It was like a continuation of the Tampa game. And then they just didn't in the second period and the third period is where I felt that game was really lost. All right, Borky, five words. I'm going to go a little uh, Pittsburghese on you. Three out of three out of four ain't bad. <laughs> All right. If you told me going into a back-to-back -back situation, Tampa and then Carolina, you're going to get three out of four points. I'm okay with that. I understand that last game, the way it, it, it kind of unwound for the Penguins, leaves a, a sour taste in mm -hmm. your mouth. The way you lost it in overtime. But to go into Tampa, a team that only had lost five times all mm -hmm. year on home ice and regulation, that you punched them in the nose. You all shot them basically two to one, 40 to tw 21. You dismantled them piece by piece by piece, and you got to what's arguably the greatest goaltender in the world in Andre Vasilevsky. So you take that game and what you did at the beginning of the game in, in Carolina, boy, three out of four. Ain't mm -hmm. bad, baby. Doug, five words. Playoff Malkin arrived versus Tampa. Ooh, mm -hmm. yeah. Yes, he did. Think about that. Malkin is starting to hit his stride and any contending team needs to start peaking at the right time. I would say not only the back-to-back, -back, if you throw that Rangers game in, this team yes. is starting to not only contend and compete, but get points against some of the best teams in the league, and they're doing it at the right time, the home stretch. All right, thanks, guys. Mm -hmm. Still to come, we have a lot more. How would you assess Kenny Pickett's performance at the NFL Combine? He lost the hand modeling competition. Well, Dale, <laughs> Phil, and Doug will jump into that question when we come back with more of The Final Word.
This is the final word. Welcome back. I'm Albie Oxenrider tonight with Dan Kovacevic, Phil Bork, Doug Whaley, and our next topic, Kenny Pickett. How would you assess Pickett's performance at the Combine in Indy last week? Doug, give us your NFL GM perspective. I would look at it. He confirmed what evaluators saw throughout the year, be it game tape or at the game. He's got accuracy. He's got timing. He's got touch. What he also showed and what a lot of GMs and people like to go see all quarterbacks throw and live in a game is how does he interact with his teammates when things are good or when things are bad. And he showed with interaction of wide receivers he barely knew just met a command, a presence out there. Now, talk about hand size. If you like him, he's got eight and a half hands, but he played in bad weather. He played in the Northeast. He played in Pittsburgh. Nice. If you don't like him, Oh, he has eight and a half hands, but he had close to 30 fumbles in his career. So to me, it was a confirmation. All right, uh, let's go back to Twitter. Don't care about the combine. Watch film, lots of it, then decide. All I learned was he has small hands. That seems to be the theme, Dan. <laughs> yeah, it, it does. And I'm actually kind of curious, Doug, from your perspective, before I even answer, when you're GM in Buffalo, did the hand size thing end up taking on an extra... Uh, extra meaning for you as a GM? It does a little bit, especially when you're talking about the, the, the weather in, in Buffalo. Right. Not only with the, the, the weather, but the wind. You've been in that stadium. That wind yes. can really affect yes. not only the ball flight, but ball handling. Yeah, that, I mean, to me, for Pickett to go out there and perform, these aren't intensive drills. And they're not, for anybody who watched the Combine, these aren't the kinds of things where you go, whoa, other than Malik Willis throwing that 60-yard bomb that went completely viral. Uh, on everyone. Pickett went out there and did what he needed to do. He was never going to have the opportunity to floor people the way, let's say, Aaron Donald did a few years ago. But he went out and showed everyone that he is an NFL quarterback. As Doug says, if you like him, you like him. If you're out there just looking for the meat market, then Malik Willis is your guy and go for it. My own stance on this, I want an offensive lineman anyway. Borky? <laughs> I wouldn't mind the offensive lineman exactly. either. But yeah, what I witnessed uh, at, at his combine was this guy's got a swagger and I, I'm I'm all about the body language mm -hmm. I'm all about uh, show me what you got he looked comfortable when the bright lights were on whether it's throwing BBs or throwing that long uh, uh, aerial ball he seemed comfortable he runs like a gazelle what is he 6'3 225 to me you grab this guy I love everything about him <laughs> and the small hands thing oh hold on be honest, everybody. Did you guys measure your hands? I did not. Did you? No. no. Doug? No. Not Albie? No need to. But okay. I measured my hands. You <laughs> but, but, Phil, you bring up a great point. did not. I did. It's bigger than 8.5. But, Phil, you bring up a great point, and you've well, been around I'm... some great players before. It's that it factor, that yeah. presence, and he showed it, and he's shown it since he's been at Pitt, and especially this year when he came back and bet on himself, but also when you saw, like I said, interacting at the Combine with guys he's – just met mm -hmm. a couple days before. You noticed a few minutes ago when I said, time for five words. <laughs> All right, Aaron Rodgers now. According to Pro Football Talk over the weekend, he's either staying in Green Bay or going to the Broncos, Steelers, or Titans. Their reports as Rodgers has specific deals okay. lined up with those teams with trade compensation for the Packers if it happens. Uh, Borky, with that in mind, do you want or do you not want to see Aaron Rodgers in a Steelers uniform next season? 
I'm just one duck clucking over here, Albie, and uh, I don't want him. He's not my guy. He's not He's not my flavor of quarterback. I don't think he's a Pittsburgh guy either. Uh, I think he's a bit of a diva, uh, and I just don't think he would fit into the, the culture here being a Pittsburgh Penguin. And I think if he's got an offensive line that's not up to his standards, uh, I think we'd see it unravel, or unravel pretty quickly. Okay, thank you for that. Let's go back to Twitter. Hook, line, and sinker. If anyone thinks that this was ever going to happen, you really don't know much about anything. Well, that's nice of you. Uh, Doug, you're next on this. I, I don't, because if you look at it, what they will have to commit cap-wise and draft capital-wise will not make them a better team. Green Bay Packers were 13-4 and four last year, and they couldn't get to the Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers. With what you have to give up to get him, how are you going to fill your O-line needs, your wide receiver needs, your D-line needs, your linebacker needs, your secondary need? It's just not going to be a team that can compete, even with Aaron Rodgers. Dan? Well, remember that Devontae Adams is supposed to come with the package, right? So <laughs> yeah. you're about to take your entire cap allowance. You can hear me on this one, Doug, right? No doubt. The entire cap allowance and commit it to a quarterback and a wide receiver behind what line yeah. and how are you going to start utilizing Najee Harris as an asset if you don't upgrade that line people forget because this isn't the glamorous stuff Chooks Okorafor is a free agent Trey Turner's not coming back that offensive line was terrible and you're still not going to have the two guys on the right coming back to you there's a lot of work that this football team needs to do at its foundation Mason Rudolph is going to be the quarterback <laughs> I think Doug Whaley says cap allowance when he talks in his sleep. <laughs> he probably does. <laughs> MLB and the MLBPA met for 90 minutes today, but they're still deadlocked, and Major League Baseball was still locked out. So with that in mind, Dan, how do you see this realistically resolving? Well, I, I do think it'll get resolved because the owners have not taken any kind of hardline stance on what I'd been hoping for, which is a salary cap type system with a floor that would force teams like the Pirates and other cheapskates to spend up. That's the real benefit of a cap-type system. You haven't heard it since their very first proposal when the owners put forth a floor. At this point, they're going over little stuff. They really are. And today, they went into that meeting talking about, you know, number of playoff teams, number of teams in the lottery, draft lottery, whether it's five or six. Come on. Yeah, get Just get it stuff. done. Yeah. Right. Sorry to jump in there, but you hit a nerve there. All right. Uh, back to Twitter. Uh, how will it resolve? They start playing games in mid-April or early May with basically no issues resolved. Uh, Borky is a pro athlete who's been through a lockout back in the mid-90s. What's it like and how do you see this resolving? It's miserable, Albie, yeah, as a player and as a broadcaster. Uh, my first year as a broadcaster was 2003. Mm. The next year was a lockout. And so I felt the pain both as a player and a broadcaster. It's miserable. I'll say this quickly because I don't know really the ins and outs, who really does of all the, the labor uh, negotiations going back and forth. The one thing for me is I have a 15-year-old son that doesn't want to go to baseball anymore because he's hearing about how rich the owners are and, and how uh, the, the teams like the Pirates don't want to spend enough. I think there needs to be a cap world when it comes baseball. I think they need to have a floor. They need to have that basement to make the teams that feel like, well, I'll just wallow down in the bottom and I'll be fine making money. Make them spend up to mm -hmm. a basement and yes, see sir. what that does. Yes, All right, sir. Doug. Borky, that sounds logical, but when you're dealing with owners and players, that's not the logic that's going to happen. <laughs> in my opinion, I think training can, spring training will start in April. They'll reduce the season to about 120 games. I do think they'll 
increase the playoffs to 12 teams so they can try to recoup that money for not only the owners, the players, but the networks. I think the owners will get a $220 million luxury tax threshold, but I think the players will get, because of giving that up, minimum salary increases and a 30 to 45 million pre-arbitration bonus pool. That's right. That will happen. All right, guys. Thank you. When we come back around the horn on any topic, the final word is next. Welcome back. It's time now for the final word. Everybody gets a chance, and Doug Whaley, you're first. As a Pitt alum, I'm begging Chancellor Gallagher to start thinking about and getting names ready for Heather Likes' replacement. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I think she has proven that she's at the top of her game. Look at what she's done with the non-revenue sports at Pitt. Look at the facilities upgrades, and not to mention the money she has brought in. She is a rock star, and you need to be ready so you don't have to get ready. All right, Dan, final word. Oh, but basketball, Doug. I couldn't help but throw that in. Uh, she can't bat a thousand. No yeah, one bats a thousand. I know, I know. Uh, you know, I wanted to say something pithy about Kasperi Kapanen and the way he's played, but all I'm going to do here instead is I'm going to enter the zone, I'm going to skate around to the side. I'm going to look for a drop pass. I'm going to go backward, and I'm going to achieve nothing on that rush. And anyone who wants to know what's wrong with him and why he doesn't score, that's it. That's it. And that's a real problem, as is the $3.2 million cap hit that just might have to go at the deadline. Phil Burke, final word. Well, if Doug's begging, I'm going to do a little begging, too. I'm begging to Ron Hextall and Brian Burke to go for it. Two weeks from tomorrow is the trade deadline at 3 p.m. Eastern. I feel like we're, we got a team that really can do something special. Mm -hmm. Go to the promised land. Don't have any regrets, Hexy, Berkey. Let's go for it. If you feel like we got to get tougher, let's get tougher. If you feel like we need some more scoring, <laughs> secondary scoring, let's get it, man. Let's go for it. we got a special team with a special group. No regrets, baby. All right. Practice starts in a couple minutes, Berkey. Keep the intensity <laughs> up. Selection Sunday is a week from today, believe it or not. Hey, it's been a weird couple years for college basketball. The transfer portal and the situation now with Pitt and Duquesne. It's going to be a rough year maybe for basketball fans in Pittsburgh. The tournament's always great. Ugh. It'll be great to have those two teams and Robert Morris and West Virginia and that basketball feel when we get into March Madness. I'm Albie Oxenreiter.